Hi, Morgan. Hi, Karima. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so honored to have you on my podcast today. I've literally been following you for about a year. Some people might say you've got quite controversial views. Some people might say, you know, you're chatting facts. You are a coach and transformation expert. Yes. So today I wanted to sort of talk to you exactly about that. I want to talk about transformation. So you used to be vegan and now you're not. Mm-hmm. you have ADHD and you know you've been taking Adderall medication so you used to take medication now you don't and you're completely against it and then the last one is you used to be a feminist and now you're not mm-hmm. so I kind of want to sort of talk about you know your journeys through these three subjects let's just start with veganism a couple of weeks ago I had one of my friends Eshna on my podcast she's opposite to you so she was like a meat eater her whole life mm-hmm. and during her final year of uni she just sort of became vegan and she said that you know it's been the best thing that's ever happened to her um she has PCOS and in her case obviously everybody's different but in her case you know her symptoms sort of went away her periods became regular so for her, her story with veganism has become quite a good thing, but yours was like the opposite. So I think it's quite cool to see like that contrast, because like we said, everybody is different and all that stuff. So if you want to tell me a little bit about, because you were vegan for about 20 years, if I'm right? Yeah, vegan vegetarian. I was full vegan for like three and then like I'd, I hadn't eaten red meat for 20 years before I started eating it again. Because I remember I was watching your youtube videos about veganism and like yeah like you like you said you were vegetarian for a long time and then vegan for a little bit and then you said that you started to like question everything so what was that like turning point of like actually no i need to eat meat again yeah so um it's a good question i the turning point i guess i I mean I, i did the vegan thing like for three years really wholeheartedly like i had up until that point been like vegetarian pescatarian i tried veganism like i was just kind of in and out of it and um, literally hadn't eaten red meat for like 20 years. I think I became a, a vegetarian like one Thanksgiving dinner when I was like 10. Like I had a vegan uncle visiting. Yeah. And he like pointed out what the turkey was. And I was like, oh my God, that's, I've just felt, I really felt for the animals. I was like the kind of kid who like cried when she saw roadkill. Like I was really sensitive. Yeah. So I just cut out all like animal, like meat eventually, like just cut everything out. And I was doing that for like three years and I was feeling like, okay. But like, again, my baseline was such that like, you know, it was a body that hadn't been eating red meat for a certain amount of time. I was a pescatarian for the the majority of that though. So Mm -hmm. I had like some of those nutrients. Um, But yeah, basically one day I fell asleep in the middle of the day after eating chickpeas (laughs) and I was so (laughs) exhausted and I was just like reflecting on the past few months and the past year. And I was like, I've been like sick. I've been like getting sick every month. And I, I, was just not like, well, I was just, I was sleeping. I was, I had no energy to, I would like go to work and then I would come home and immediately get in my bed. And like, mm-hmm. that was my routine. So I was just like, like for the first time sort of listening to my body, I had kind of started my feminine embodiment journey and, um, yeah, I was just like way more tuned in. And so I just asked her, I like woke up from this nap and I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, why am I, why am I getting drowsy after eating chickpeas? Like, that's not normal. Mm. So I just tuned in and I was like, what do you need? <laughs> like, what do you need? Like what your, and, your body was calling for basically. Yeah. And I just mm. like really like was still and silent. And I just heard her like salmon, like get me salmon. I was like, yeah. okay, whatever. <laughs> and it was the first time I had fish in like three years and um oh I took my little butt to Trader Joe's I got some locks and I got some Greek yogurt felt so much better after that it was like this thing like my body started to kind of relax 
and then it was really interesting. Um, I didn't actually connect this uh, until kind of after I filmed those YouTube videos, but, and I probably didn't want to put this on the internet, but like now I don't, I don't care. I talk about way worse things. <laughs> Um, mushrooms with a girlfriend and it was yeah. like early on and like kind of dabbling in um, psychedelic therapy or whatever and I did them with my friend and I remember like going into the bathroom and looking at myself in the mirror and like like kind of tweaking out being like I don't recognize myself I'm like sat like pale and like like soft I was just like not I was like what this is not your body like what like it freaked me out. Mm-hmm. And the whole night I kept asking myself, like, what are you going to eat more again? You're not eating right. Like what? Cause I, at this point I was a vegan. I wasn't eating grains or gluten or like, I was so restrictive in my diet. Cause like I was treating my ADHD holistically at that uh, mm-hmm. point. So the whole night I just kept asking, what are you going to eat? What are you going to eat? And I was like, water fast. Like I'll just not eat. Like I just didn't have any food that I could eat. But eventually I think it was like the next week or the week after like I was still eating my salmon and just in this like holding pattern. And I met this girl who used to be a vegan and she lost like all of the hair on the back of her head. Like she had a really bad experience with it and oh, she was carnivore to, to heal her gut. And I was like, I literally told her, I was like, that's a lot of meat. I don't think I could eat that much meat. That's insane. It like freaked mm-hmm. me out, but I could not deny that there was like a vegan in my reality who was healing her body with me I was like I this is totally wild but like okay like I'm open because at that point I, like, I had so many other belief systems that just um were interrupted so <laughs> it took me about a month to work up to eating red meat and I had to literally like um I started with like turkey cold cuts and chicken and I would wrap it in lettuce and put mustard like I would wrap it in plants to like yeah. ease my mind because a lot of it is like mental like any any vegans or vegetarians listening if you're you know feeling sick or you're not doing well and you're thinking about eating meat but it freaks you out like there's a way to go slow like a transition period otherwise it's a shock to your body right uh it's not a shock to your body but like i i still to this day take digestive enzymes right okay um, because you kind of lose them in your gut after a while so Mm. um and i have heard some vegetarians like they'll try to eat chicken again but they'll they won't be able to digest it so they're like oh it's a sign like i can't it's like no you just don't have the enzymes (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. like it's more mental than anything like okay I, i was terrified of eating red meat like i at one point I was with a girlfriend and she like tried giving me some of her burger and I thought I was gonna like cry and vomit at the same time (laughs) I was like so freaked out but eventually I um I had a friend ask me like what my favorite food was when I was a kid like before I became vegan and it was hot dogs because I was like 10 8 years old and um yeah I was with a company at the time and we like happened to go to this like famous hot dog place so I that's the first time I ate red meat and it was like like I was on drugs I was like I was like <laughs> I have so much energy like there's no way this can be evil if like my body like needs it and is responding so well so oh my god so then you've just been meat eater ever since yeah yeah so after that I like tried to tra- I transitioned to like full carnivore slowly but like I was so right. addicted to like carbs and sugar at that point because when you're vegan like you're eating so many carbs and sugar all the time Mm. so I um transitioned and I literally had to like pray to God like literally it took me three weeks to like fully get off of like sugars and stuff and fruits mm. because I was so addicted to it I would like pray I feel like a meth addict <laughs> like I couldn't <laughs> go a day without eating like some little sweet thing or fruit or whatever um and eventually it stuck and I ate just steak basically for a few months and um yeah I'm at the point now though I will say like I think do whatever's great for your body. For me, these like extreme diet yeah. and restriction, it's got to be too much. So I'm I'm about like 
80-85% like carnivore today but I, I still eat fruit and if there's like stuff on the table like I'll pick at it and I don't beat myself up so yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because like on your um Instagram I always see steaks and stuff now yeah yeah <laughs> lots of steaks <laughs> lots of steak dinners I was gonna ask you so obviously what was that transition period like mentally because that must have been a lot of whether that's resilience a lot of like discipline and then how did it affect you physically as well? Because you you said that you were sick one day, like when, when you were vegan, you were sick quite a lot. And how does that affect you now? Like how how are you feeling physically and mentally now? I'm feeling great. I mean, 2022 Amazing. was like its own thing. Like it was like, honestly, that's all. Trust me, same, thing. same. But I will tell you, okay, I'm not alone. <laughs> I've heard some people say like, same, which I'm sorry, but also I'm glad that it's not just me. No, no, of um, course not, don't worry. When I was eating all that, like when I had transitioned initially, it mm. was wild. So I did not anticipate any mental health things. I was just like, I just need to like try this out. Like I'm a big self-experimenter. I know that there's like a lot of like studies and this and this online. I'm like, great. I'm going to try it for myself and come up with my own conclusions because like I'm my own authority. So mm. I, during that time, like was not expecting anything, but like looking back, um, and also in the moment, like I was so extroverted. I was going out to like steakhouse bars, like all the time after work, meeting all these people. Like I would get home so late. Like I had so much energy, like, which was such a contrast from like where it was before where I had none. Mm. And I was just like going home and calling in bed. Um, my anxiety was literally the best probably it's ever been to date. Like I, my anxiety was on zero. Like I was so, um, just calm and happy. I wasn't, I didn't need to sleep a lot. Like I, maybe slept for like five or six hours but was very well rested um okay. yeah like it was amazing and that was also information to me to be like this is good like you're probably mm. like this like this is what you've needed I started lifting weights and like putting on muscle oh, wow. um, for the first time yeah mm. I like, never knew that like the reason why my body was a certain way like it's because I just didn't have any fucking muscle because <laughs> I wasn't eating any protein um and I think my background like I have an o, o negative blood type and like german russian whatever ancestry so it's like i need a lot of meat yeah <laughs> i wasn't eating it i was eating the complete opposite of what my body needed like basically my whole life so i think she was very happy when I oh started amazing that's well. so nice i like that you said that you listen to your body like you listen to what she wants what she's feeling you don't ignore that yeah i mean that honestly has been like one of the biggest transformations in my life like i feel you know when i was in new york and i was on adderall and i was drinking coffee every day and I was in this like hustle go 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 mindset which a lot of people live in in my masculine energy right it's a very mental space and I would even joke like I have ancient tweets like sometimes I forget that I have a body because I was so in my head I'm such an overthinker very analytical mm. and um ne never really had a relationship to my body I was like very dissociated um, and whenever you do things like that, stimulate your nervous system, like Adderall and coffee, New York City in mm -hmm. general, it's like you, you are not in your body, like your nervous system's jacked up until you shoot into your head. So I started this feminine embodiment journey with my now mentor and literally like started coming back into my body. I really started coming back into my body when I got off of Adderall and started taking CBD, but yeah. like very conscious of it, like forming a relationship with her, like during the feminine embodiment journey and it totally changed my life and it's like helped all my subsequent like transformations and oh, yeah, we can't ignore it. yeah that's so <laughs> nice I mean speaking of Adderall so obviously you how old were we when you got diagnosed with ADHD I was in my second semester freshman year of college 
Okay. Like 19. So did the doctor sort of just put you on Adderall straight away? I have been, I have always had like a journey with my mental health, basically, since I turned like 14, moved and, you know, there's all this trauma stuff. So um, actually people were very resistant to like diagnose me at first, but then like eventually I got put on Lamictal, which Mm. is like a mood stabilizer. And like once I got put on that, then they were like, it's American psychiatry is honestly diabolical. Like it's so fucking crazy. Like they put Mm. you on one thing and then it dulled me out a lot. So they were like, oh, let's give you Adderall to like, you know, whatever, boost your mood and your grades and like your ADHD because Mm. whatever, all this stuff. I was like, okay. And then like then I was kind of depressed and they put me on another thing and then I couldn't sleep and then they put me on it's like actually so crazy so um yeah like that was that happened like sophomore year I'm sorry second semester freshman year of college I can't I can't either that or um the first semester sophomore year and my grades were not great at first I was like not focused and put on Adderall I got really skinny got like dean's list every year and and then I went to Paris to uh, mm. study abroad and I stopped taking it. And that's when like my weight started to fluctuate. It was like, I don't recommend Adderall is like a short term fix, but it has like serious, serious like consequences. So like how, what, how long was the period between when you first took Adderall and then going to Paris where you stopped? I think I was on Adderall. I'm sorry. I haven't like thought about like that. No, no, don't but, worry. Um, I think I started Adderall. It was either end of my freshman year, but I actually think that it was beginning of my sophomore year because I had a boyfriend during my freshman year. When he came back sophomore year, I like looked really good. And I think it was because I like lost weight on Adderall mm. um, and I started getting better grades. So I think it was just for a semester. So like a few months I was on it. And then okay. when I went to Paris, like I didn't fucking care about getting amazing grades anymore. I just wanted to have fun with my friends. Oh, like, so it was mainly because like, of a school thing. You were just like, I just, what's the point in taking it now? Well, yeah, I mean, that was like the the reason and that it was like I was taking it for school. Um, it did help my mood a lot. Like it, it helped like get me up and motivated, but like it, it makes you a fucking zombie. So like I was in Paris and I like wasn't really enjoying myself. I wasn't really eating. I mean, I'm in Paris, I was amazing food. My, my friends, I would comment that like I wasn't as funny or I was just like flat. It was a very flat affect. And so um, I just became aware of it. I didn't know that I had changed so much on it. And so, um, yeah, it must have been a, f- a couple months and then I'd stop taking it as regularly. I think I would take it like when I had classes there, but because I don't know for anyone who's like taking it and then you, when you don't take it at all, like messes with your dopamine. Right. And so I literally yeah. developed like a binge eating disorder because I like was trying to feed the do- myself the dopamine that I was like lacking now that my brain was like on meth for like three or four months, basically, and then mm. um, more regular. So yeah how do you deal with your adhd now that you don't take adderall so what are your sort of coping mechanisms once i got i'll just finish that so everyone knows i was on adderall for nine years so i i in paris was very fluctuated i gained a ton of weight in in um, paris because of this like binge eating thing when i got back i started taking adderall like religiously like lost the weight and i was on it for like another probably eight years at that point like i was on it for like nine years total um Mm. and when i got off of it i felt like myself and like a human and peaceful and happy for the first time in my life so I was like there's no fucking way I'm ever going on that it was a literal meth withdrawal I was withdrawing from meth for 11 days it was like sheer agony I didn't know if I was going to survive it was so dramatic but it made me be like I am never touching it again and so I had to find ways of coping because after I got off um, I got another job and I was like this is my first job without Adderall and I was like I felt like a 
like mashed potatoes sitting at the computer. So like I got to get mm. my shit together. Um, so I found Dr. Kelly Brogan. She, she's very well known now. Um, she's like a, I think two, three time author. Um, she's a holistic psychiatrist and she actually built her practice. I love telling her story because she was so in the system. Like she's literally super fucking smart. She's MIT grad. Wow. Um, she had like offices on Madison Avenue, oh my like God. 200K education, like to become a psychiatrist and then had a massive awakening, realized it's all complete fucking bullshit. It's like psycho spiritual, like slavery or, you know, um, psychological slavery, I think. And, um, now, and then she dedicated her whole practice to taking women off of medication. So she wrote this whole book right. about how to treat she she opened my my mind anyway to like holistic psychiatry i also met a girl in denver who was treating her adhd holistically so mm. um kind of like put me on to like this other world i didn't even know existed like coming from new york and like the only thing i knew to do for my mental health was like the doctors you know i just didn't know and it was also like now this stuff is more popular but during that time it definitely wasn't certainly what like in 20 2008 I think when I was put on it it like mm. I had holistic psychiatry was not anything anyone was talking about so um anyways today uh I love L-tyrosine I love dopamine precursors I took some today <laughs> this episode I love uh I, I'm, I'm really big on diet so when I'm eating a lot of meat and not a lot of grains gluten sugars mm. my mind is super on point um a lot of people who have ADHD have diets that are really high in those things so just it, it will blow your mind that eliminating them will give you so much more clarity and focus right. um, yeah I did like little experiments in Denver where I like totally eliminated it and then I introduced it like a week later and I felt like I got hit by a bus and I was like oh okay my God. this stuff never I could never eat this yeah um I also like listening to like brown noise or like iso chronic tones I think that they're called like binaural beats yeah and also just like learning about like my brain and what what I'm capable of what I'm good at and what I'm not good at like my brain is not meant for like daily habits that I repeat every single day for a year like I will fall off those habits and it's okay just like having you know strategies in place to like come back from them and not beat yourself up like hmm. I think self-awareness is really key also so. okay I see because I think a, a few of my friends have got either depression or anxiety and they are completely for medication and they've said that you know if it wasn't for medication I probably wouldn't be here today mm. what would you say to someone like that who's kind of like completely for medication and that's basically like there's no other option they could never see themselves not taking it yeah I get a lot of comments um from people like that and my response is like until you really try this is this is my perspective like i i know i owe it i know that with medication there is a sacrifice that you make there's a massive sacrifice to your person to your personality to the connectiveness that you have with your body with um with other people with interpersonal relationships like you cannot deny there are studies that like show this especially with like ssris adderall literally made me a fucking psychopath like mm -hmm. I, my empathy was like diminished and i was just like dissociated really because like, you you said oh, that you grew yeah. up such an empathetic person as well so that completely took that trait away yeah i mean i i yes I, I wasn't like actually like i wasn't like doing necessarily bad things but there were some instances that i was in that i look back on and i'm like morgan that was not a good decision <laughs> like right, you know I what see. i mean like it just i was very disconnected um and and there are i believe studies that show that it does like kind of diminish that capacity and i've heard other people say like yeah i was like a, it's like it's like you're a robot you know like mm. I was very unavailable I was able to have like like 
um, date guys, whatever. And like, you know, like a heartbreaker. I have guys tell me all the time, like, I just wasn't connected. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. care. But the minute that I think it was like day nine of my withdrawal, like I had all of my feelings come back and like, I ended it with this guy that I'd been seeing, like, I just couldn't handle it. So, um, so yeah, what would I say to those people is like, I, I know that I owe it to myself to try everything that I can to feel better mm-hmm. um, without having to sacrifice any part of myself. Like I'm so, I'm so against being controlled in any way. I'm so against um, being any inauthentic version of myself. Cause I know the toll that it takes on the human spirit. It's just a sacrifice. And I don't think we should have to sacrifice anything. I think it's, it's, it is possible to be happy and healthy without these medications. Like it is actually possible. Like I'm a living testimony of it. I believe I'm like a miracle in many cases mm-hmm. based on like, you know, um, from whatever past experiences but um yeah like you owe it to yourself and I've, I've actually worked with women helping them get off of stuff and supplementing with you know certain things like vitamin mm-hmm. d also is a big one or fish oil is really huge like get get your vitamins measured first right like go go to like functional medicine or like get get a full picture of really what's going on you could just be d deficient when i'm not taking my vitamin d i'm a mess like i'm sad i'm crying more like there's some things that like with just knowledge of our bodies like that will grant you so much freedom and just taking like a vitamin d that doesn't actually sacrifice any part of your person it actually makes you better you know the version you are and all of that being said like my best friend in the world um she went off of medication then she got into this relationship like had a really hard time with like um relationship ocd and she's taking medication again and it's helping her relationship like i don't want to shame anyone at the same Mm -hmm. time like i recognize that like sometimes it is the easiest thing or like whatever but she did try everything i I don't think everything, but she did try like (laughs) her own way first and you know this is what she's doing and i'm just very happy that she's in a healthy happy relationship so i I don't want to be so black and white but like most of the people that i speak to or are so i used to be hung up on it too oh my god i've had people during my journey i had people on several occasions be like you're prescribed in a lot of lamictal like why are you prescribed so many medications you don't need this many and like you know you're in the system and you're told by these doctors like if you don't take these you're you're not going to be functional. You're going to lose all your relationships. Like you're going to kill yourself, like all this mm-hmm. stuff. So you're like, Oh, I need them. I need them. I need them to survive. Like it's like the program of it. But, um, but yeah, it, I was at a, t- a place in my life. I was like, it wasn't like my, you know, I was not early on in the game. Like I like knew myself. I was safe. I, mm-hmm. I took myself off and I was working with a therapist and, um, yeah, found a better option for me. Like Kelly Brogan, talks about it she's like i was taught here's the symptom here's the drug it's like they're drug dealers like literally right. and when i look back to like all these i was seeing by the way the best fucking psychiatrists in new york city like columbia phd uh, on madison avenue like i was seeing i think they were like almost 400 dollars a session like crazy. Oh, wow. yeah like like you know um so it's not like it was bad doctor like by any any metrics they were the best doctors but mm-hmm. um they're very they're trained to treat symptoms they're trained they're not trained in meditation nobody talks about fucking trauma okay mm-hmm. i i learned about trauma on my own on my own rabbit holes like once i you know came to the awareness of certain things about my mom i was like why has nobody told me about trauma complex trauma narcissistic personality disorder mm-hmm. or abuse like so they're just not trained they're they're when you really look into like the medical system you know uh, 
the drug companies give money to the schools and then put members of their boards on the schools and then slowly change the curriculums to include their products as viable treatment options. So it's, it's about selling products and not about actually helping people, even though I know there's, I'm sure a lot of doctors, probably the majority of doctors who get into the field wanting to help people is just, it's a very like tiny, tiny little sliver of like the whole holistic. I think it's everyone's like responsibility. So it's everyone's part to blame, but like also, you know, they're going into a school system, again, having an authority outside of themselves, like following orders and not really questioning things deeper, really how to, how to help people. Like really, like, you know, on my journey, for example, I ended up getting off meds. I was treating my uh, ADHD holistically. Like I was great for a few years, but I still had this like underlying like thing in me that like I couldn't hit on. And I was like, there's something else here. Ended up moving to Mexico, doing ayahuasca in the jungle for like a year and finding all of this trauma that like repressed memories and stuff that I had no idea about nobody told me that like that could be a thing you know like I never had any inkling so there's just a lot that these doctors and mainstream approaches to health like don't know and don't account for so I think it's so important for us as like you know empowered consumers or empowered like humans for our own health to fight for ourselves and be our own authority to like gain the healing that we are looking for oh yeah I was watching your YouTube as well I think you did like a little episode I forgot who it was with that's so bad but she was basically talking about the pill as well yeah. mm -hmm. I've uh, heard so yeah. many things about yeah. the pill and like yeah some girls have not been attracted to their boyfriends anymore after coming off of it or vice versa or like they've just feel like a completely different person it's crazy how much it affects the chemistry in your body it's crazy it's horrifying it's horrifying we've had women on this for like decades and it fundamentally changes your entire chemical makeup and like your how you are relating to the world and to men and to yourself like i've worked with women who are on birth control and then they get off birth control it is a completely different experience whether you connect to your body is completely different the taste that you have in men is completely different yeah like, that's crazy that is crazy it's crazy it's literally it, the deep irony and what I find so sad is like it was positioned as this like liberation for women. I I feel like it's one of the most oppressive, oppressive things for women. Like it literally disconnects you from your feminine cycle. Women are cyclical. We have we're seasonal. We have four beautiful phases to our cycles, and it flatlines us like a man. And mm. so women will have casual relations. It's just it's uh, one of the worst things i think to happen that women are on a 28 day cycle and men yeah. are on a 24 hour cycle which people don't really understand so like mm -hmm. with the 28 day cycle every single day affects us yeah. at different it's not just yeah. like you know just on our period when we're bleeding it's not it. just that do you know <laughs> what i mean it's like every morning. single day yeah yeah it's so Bad. true it's all different. and we don't get taught that in school we don't get taught that you know we get taught obviously like what happens in the uterus and all that like the physical stuff but we never get taught how that affects women mentally like I don't know about you but on my period I get so sleepy as well like I just don't I just I could sleep for 10 years honestly yeah lethargic I mean it, it changes yeah. it changes literally how your brain functions so like there yeah. are certain phases of your cycle where you're more creative there are certain phases of your cycle where you're more fatigued and like the way the world masculine. is masculine yeah yeah and the way the world is constructed is constructed for a male 24-hour fertility cycle because historically men were the ones working but now women are in the workforce mm. and so we're kind of like forced to assimilate to this structure but it's not really working it actually burns us out our nervous systems get totally whacked out cortisol gets shot up so when you have this like 
knowledge again like i'm all about like personal empowerment like when you know what day of the cycle you're you know you're on what you need to be doing even what you need to be eating like in the first half of your cycle um it's really good to eat really high protein a lot of like red meat yeah and the second half is good to eat like a little incorporate some more carbs also fasting like the thing is i have so much to say about this like like, health research and like all this research it's done on men like fasting done on men like women are not supposed to fast that long, that frequently, and at certain uh, phases of our cycle, like what, in the early part of our cycle, after we're done bleeding, like then we're good. But the second phase, when we're like, our you know, bodies are kind of maybe preparing for a baby, like it's not good to fast. You could actually totally whack out your hormones or like working out fasted. It, it's so bad for us. We're supposed mm-hmm. to like eat within 30 minutes of waking up to like keep our bodies feeling safe and like that there's like a consistent food supply. Like there's so much to it. Oh and God, the whole I didn't even world know that. Is- Oh yeah, it goes really deep. A lot of most, if not all, like I, actually, to this day, I don't think that there's like health studies or nutrition studies that separates the data, like women versus men in most cases. Yeah. Um, and so we're always women and men. It's like science treats women's bodies like tiny men's bodies, but it's literally a completely different body. We have a completely different hormone biology. Yeah. yeah, it's wild. But this is why I'm a big advocate for self-experimentation I tried the fasting thing it worked Mm. initially then I started losing my cycle and I was like maybe this isn't great and I need to like actually start how often were you fasting for um there was different phases. I would go through like different phases at one point it was 16 hours one point I was doing day on day off so I would fast for a whole day and then eat for the next day fast eat um I've done 36 hour fast I'm going to start incorporating 36 hours again but just 36 hour fast and not all the other stuff like mm. I need to eat when I'm eating within 30 minutes of waking up something like with 30 grams of protein my body is so happy and Amazing. like low stress and yeah even like losing weight but, but you're eating more because your hormones are like happy and balanced so I'm not a health I'm not a doctor I'm not a health <laughs> person I just this is the other things I've tried and, and no I really yeah. admire you know the time you've taken to sort of understand your body and how everything works and you know trying and testing out all these different methods like it's really admirable how what made you sort of want to get into all of that have you always just been quite an like an inquisitive person yeah I'm very curious and I and I also I mean the real answer is I don't fucking trust anything at this point like I feel like all these institutions have like lied to me about what I needed Mm. or like what was good for me so I'm like let me just figure it out myself so I'm always down for like a little self-experiment and just to see for myself yeah amazing so you're not vaccinated either with covid and stuff no there's certain things and again i'm not a doctor and i've also <laughs> never experimented with these but i've read up on it because i have friends who got vaccinated and then they had all these like weird autoimmune stuff like whatever mm-hmm. i know that um or i've heard that zeolite is really good and zeolite. also mms which is kind of controversial it's like uh, illegal in the states uh, unless you have like religious exemption mm. and then it's okay and people might say that i'm crazy i you know what okay but those two things and then also i think coq10 might be good so okay. there's stuff that maybe you mentioned uh, we were talking about the cycle and then like how you yeah. said you know even not just even medication just day-to-day and mm-hmm. the cycle with that and how everything like nine to fives they're all structured yeah. for men yeah. so I've always said to my friends I've always been like I think I love the fact that you know women can make money now of course but I love the I feel like we should get period leave oh my god 100% <laughs> and a, a lot majority of my friends don't agree with me they're like just take medication and suck it up like 
I was like, no, I, I genuinely like, that's the one thing that I get worried about with working as well. I'm just like, how am I going to cope with my period on the months where it is, you know, really painful, yeah. or I'm really lethargic or whatever, because I'm a big advocate for listening to your body as well. Yeah. Like if I'm whatever, if I'm craving a food, I'll eat it. If I'm, you know, I won't force myself to do anything. I won't restrict myself, whatever my body's feeling. I just do it sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I was saying that to my friends and I was like, what, what do you mean? Like how many days would you get off? I'd be like, maybe at least three, depending obviously on women to win over, we're all different again. And she was like, do you think it should be paid? I was like, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about the paid part, but I de- definitely don't think that we should be obliged to work on our periods. Or maybe even just like work at home if we want to, something like that, some sort of adjustment. I mean, it's a, it's a tough debate. And I've heard of this in the context of like maternity leave. Like, you know, if a company is just focused on profit, why would they hire someone that they have to like um, allow to leave? That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know? So I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they do, if they actively are wanting women, participating and they're trying to you know whatever do the whole diversity thing (laughs) like (laughs) and you know as an entrepreneur like the way that I structure my business and like how I'm working is definitely like around my cycle and how I'm feeling so I I kind of can do that but like yeah it's a tough debate I don't I don't think that like it's a tough debate I mean the the reality of the world is just not structured for it and 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 you know, if it was if it was between you and like a guy with your equal credentials or whatever, like, and he didn't need the three days exactly. off, month, that's the like, thing. The company's best. It's so it's tough. tough. But you know, if you're a killer and you're doing your, you know, like I worked out my last like office job. Like I was able to stay home like two or three days a week. Maybe so. even to just save it up and like work at home during those three yeah. days. Yeah. Something. Yeah, what we've been talking about that kind of nicely leads us on to like the feminism aspect. So yeah. you, I've been watching your TikToks and stuff, and you used to be like, I don't want to say a raging feminist, but you used to be like a proper feminist. Yes. And now <laughs> you're like completely not. Completely not. No. So yeah, what was that like, transition like? Yeah, I, I grew up on the East Coast in New Jersey, and then moved to New York. East Coast is very liberal, very feminist. My mom was very feminist, um, even though like in practice she was not she was like literally a housewife like never worked um but yeah I was just like a staunch feminist I like I went so hard for Gloria Steinem I had I had two huge I mean to this day I still like romanticize them like two huge black lacquer like bookcases in my apartment just filled with like all sorts of things but like a lot of feminist literature like maybe three rows minimum filled Mm. with just like and there was a two two and a half year period where the only Thing that I read was feminist content. Like, you know, I, I went really hard. Um, I think I saw Gloria Science speak. Like, oh. yeah, and I was like, it like made my life. I watched her like Vice show religiously. Like, I was just like about it. Like, when I tell people, I get comments all the time. Like, you weren't a real feminist. Like, bitch, I, I, I definitely was a real fucking <laughs> real one out here. Um, and yeah, like basically, I was a raging feminist. I was in New York got off of meds, started questioning everything. Once I got Mm -hmm. off of meds, I started like being in my right mind. Like I was no longer on drugs and controlled by like literal medication. And I could like feel things like my passion and, and like just these latent things that I did not have access to. So, um, I started waking up about, first of all, I was like, well, what the hell was that? Like this medical institution just lied to me for 10 years. Like Mm -hmm. what else is lying to me? So I was very open-minded at that point. And I started questioning the government, like that's when Trump won. And I was like, what the hell? All these mainstream media organizations like told me that 
Hillary was going to win and like mm. all the stuff like someone lied to me mm. like what and it just like shot me down the fucking rabbit hole and so anyways at that point I was still quite feminist I moved to Denver so I changed my contacts and whenever I'm talking about transformation to anyone I always recommend changing the contacts traveling getting out because like our minds are creatures of habit when you're in the same environment you like repeat the same habits and the same thought patterns and it's it's really wild like once I came back to that apartment like I literally left into the same thought patterns and stuff even though I was in a much different place and it didn't even make sense so mm. I was in Denver and I had never wanted a relationship like while I was on medication I was I even took myself to therapy because I was like why I'm like in my early and mid-20s why don't I want a relationship um and of course the doctors were like you're just young and it's like no I was on medication and deeply unavailable and had all this like stuff to work through so in Denver I did want a relationship because I was off the meds Mm. and I was studying dating and I was like what is this this is completely against everything that feminism taught me like how to interact with men and feminine energy and all this stuff and I was like this is wild I also around the same time started like having this feminine energy renaissance that I mentioned and just getting really connected to my body and like what it really means to be a woman and started to appreciate all these things that I kind of like shunned. Like there was a point where I didn't even wear makeup for like two years, basically. And I would just wear the same like black clothes, like, you know, not embracing my femininity and my feminine energy, my, my womanhood. So once I started like sinking into that, I also like, you know, started healing the relationship with my father and with men. And like, I couldn't read that bullshit anymore. It was like Mm. felt very, angry it felt like it was trying to control me and control how it made me feel like it was manipulation kind of and so it just stopped resonating it was a really natural thing and um then I I fell down the rabbit hole of like Gloria Steinem's connection to the CIA and don't think that I'm crazy for saying that or just a conspiracy theorist that's literally recorded like she yeah has a Mm. lot of ties there and like they completely backed her whole um publication Mrs. Magazine like it's 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 darker when you really get into it. And I was just like, oh my God, the government had anything to do with this. Like screw oh that. So, um, so yeah, then I, I, I had had really strong opinions about this, but um, never really had a platform. I, I made those YouTube videos, but they got like a couple thousand views. And um, then TikTok came around and I was like, well, we talk about it. I mean, you said feminine energy. And that's something that I think even before this podcast I was telling, I've been really reconnecting with that and understanding, like you said, what it means to be a woman and how amazing we are just as a being. A lot of people, I think even on online and stuff, they sometimes comment on your TikToks and say, you know, feminine energy is or, you know, this is just, what was the thing? I think I read a comment on one of your posts. Someone said it's just gender roles reconstructed or something. It's like meant, it's like a nicer way of like talking about that or whatever. But I think there's such a misconception with feminine energy. It's a superpower. Like some people yeah. see it as like a weakness. Some people might see it as, you know, less than a man, but that's just not the case. No, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's like magic. I think it's like, when you look at the world today, there has been, and I'm not saying that's like in any sort of victimhood or like women have it so hard. Like, I don't, I don't believe that all the time. I think that we have a lot of, um, strength and a lot of ease that men don't have in many respects yeah, but like there's certainly I think if you're looking at the world through this lens of masculine feminine energy there has absolutely been a war on feminine energy I mean art is no longer art when you look at art today versus art in like the 17 1800s like it's it's completely different like 
women today are like turning their backs to their own beauty and their own like like body like there's 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 uh, no appreciation for like the gifts that we naturally have like we have both men and women working and fulfilling the role of a man who's at home nurturing the home and the children like there there's been this like effort almost to like strip us away of this like you said superpower and this thing that nurtures and sustains life like now we're all these like drone worker drones like hustle you know like everything's outsourced like it's just it's not um balanced mm. and and i think it's it's because of this lack of balance that we have so many issues today in our society it's like very much a sickness but um yeah it's the absolute transformation i've witnessed with the women that i work with when they begin to tap into their feminine energy is like uh, you you can't it, there's nothing like it like the power that you gain from embracing your natural gifts that is true power like much of my platform is is about how to become a powerful human the most powerful version of yourself and i don't mean that like egoic power or how to manipulate or how to play these mind chess no like i mean how to like live and connect with your natural most authentic like self and energy mm -hmm. because when you do that nobody can fuck with you like a woman naturally in her feminine you know and like embracing all of her and not like um divorcing herself or abandoning parts of her to like fit into this world or whatever like that is potent it's like magnetic you know you see it you feel it sometimes when you're around certain certain women or when you're like witnessing them so mm -hmm. yeah i think it's like the most important journey women can can embark on certainly and masculine you know masculinity for men also i think on on both fronts masculinity there's certainly been a, a massive war on that as well i agree but, yeah what would you say <laughs> what would you say to somebody who goes morgan you're not a feminist so do you think that women don't have the right to vote shouldn't have the right to vote what would you say I to that? that all the time yeah that's what i thought i've seen it on your tiktok um no i don't think that but like also i don't give a fuck like I, I, like let the men deal with society like i want to own the dominion of the home and like there's mm -hmm. more important things like there's actually a quote back um it was in an article titled why women do not want the suffrage it's little known but like only four percent of women actually wanted to fucking vote back in the day like yeah i've heard yeah. about that that there are actually women queuing yeah. up to say we don't want to vote like leave it to the yeah. men literally because it causes an imbalance and um in it they basically said women have too important of a role in society to be burdened with this extra responsibility we literally mm -hmm. have the role to like um you know nurture and sustain like the next generation and our homes and our husbands and whatever and it, it is important and i know a lot of women are triggered when they hear that but like like look at the the quality of men today okay like it's not the quality of women today like we're not in a great place in society yeah. it's literally like um yeah so i i what i do speak to with the feminist movement i absolutely believe that women should have our own bank accounts of course, <laughs> like yeah I, I don't really give a fuck about government like i i think the government's a scam i believe in voluntarism when people bring up the right to vote i'm like you're just like perpetuating this like fraudulent rulership that is just by violence and things. like i just don't care but with the mm. bank account um conversation uh, you know 
I don't believe that we should be like second class citizens or slaves or not have the same opportunity that men have. I just feel like today with this wave of feminism, it's like, we can do everything a man can do. It's like, what if we don't fucking want to? And what if doing that isn't actually good for us? Mm. You know, like, what if we need, we have different needs? You know, what if just because we can doesn't mean that we should. Women have very much been encouraged one way and it's not balanced. And it, it's been a very um, small sliver in like all the realms of possibilities that um, we can choose for ourselves. Think that there could be another kind of option until I level a little bit. Honestly, I think women have become extremely hyper-independent and then men have become too comfortable, which is why it's yeah. clashing and not working. Yeah, I think that's spot on. So would you say you're more of like a first wave feminism kind of girl? Nowadays, it's become extremely hateful towards men. And now even things like, I think it's killed chivalry. Like, you know, no pe- no men on the train or the tube or anything ever want to give, give up their seat. Or if I've got like loads of suitcases, because I used to go to university in Manchester and I'd come down to London and you know I'd have all these suitcases and it's always like the old men that offer to like yeah. take my suitcase which is so nice because it's like the older generation but now the younger ones don't do it at all because they just get, think that you know they get offended by that and a lot of my friends as well they don't like chivalry at all like holding doors open and things because they think it's because you want something out of it. but even yeah. if they did like you have the you know the prerogative to just say no if you don't want to do something do you know what I mean yeah yeah, I, I've heard this from them that, um, that they've gotten like barked at basically for like holding oh the door open or trying to pull out a chair. Like, I, I love that. chivalry. I love yeah. it. But like, I'll tell you, girl, like, I, I've heard that from them, but those are the same men that open the door for me. And I'm, I'm so gracious and grateful. Like, like you teach men how to treat you. And if that's what your standard is, like they mm. step up. And I will say it, maybe it's a little easier with the older generation because like, um, they, they are used to it they have that yeah they're brought up around that yeah natural yeah but like honestly i've dated a younger guy uh recently and like all i had to do was like make a little comment and he started getting my door like from you know like really? there's certain things yeah like there's certain like little things like once you know it's all feminine energy though like we kind of set the tone and like they like match it so like if you don't have self-esteem and you know mm. you're okay with them hitting up at midnight and to come over because you're going to do it like that's how they're going to treat you but if you have I see. other standards like they match that yeah so it's about taking accountability of your actions as a woman as well yes and I will say maybe that's something that women back in the day didn't have to do mm. so much because it was just kind of social like norm but it, it's and, and I will say it's chivalry is not certainly where it used to be but I don't believe it's dead the men that I date treat me very well yeah. and they like know what I like and they're that's happy to amazing. Do that. and like we both get off from it you know yeah 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 for sure also men aren't as appreciated as well anymore when they do do the nice things I think it's just very much like as you should as you should, as you should. And that kind of like, yeah, I get I get where the girl's coming from, but I think men like to feel appreciated. That's in their nature. This is this is it's such a good point what you're saying. Like this is exactly why I studied dating and like like it's marketing. Like my whole bit my whole career, you know, girl bossy career has been in marketing. And so it's how to connect with people and how to um like form relationships with people. Mm. But like men and women First of all, men and women used to be kept quite separate. So even being in school and growing up together was frowned upon because it me- meant that women would be kind of masculinized, men would be kind of feminized, and they tried to keep the gender separate so that they could grow into strong men and strong women, like respectively. So Is that why we've together. got like single sex schools? Yes. Oh. Back in the day, yeah. Um, like 19, whatever, 
40s or 50s or like they they used to be like just a concerted effort to do that to kind of um cultivate femininity and cultivate masculinity uh, in earlier ages in development so um when you're dating okay you're dating for a different market you're not dating for your fucking girlfriends you're probably if you have great girlfriends amazing for you dating is completely fucking different men need different things men don't need to text you all the time and need to know mm. about every single experience that you're having and gossip and whatever all this stuff like they are different creatures and like speaking to them interacting with them is a completely different experience and you will get so much farther when you do tiny little easy brain dead things like appreciate them or tell them how it makes you feel when they do something sweet for you or like it, it will take you so much farther so um yeah i'm a, I'm a big proponent in men learning about what women need and vice versa and yeah. it just it creates much harmonious relationships i think like the dating world today and feminism and just women in general i see like you said so much toxic stuff about as you should and da 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 i want this and this and this it's like mm. okay is he gonna want to continue showing up for you probably not i wouldn't like that's a really growth attitude just appreciate it when it does happen because yeah. it is rare these days yeah and i mean don't be so thirsty like you've never had someone hold the fucking door yeah. open for you or pay for dinner but like yes yeah, like a thank you and i really appreciate it i had so much fun that yeah. It's like manners to me at the end of the day. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it will get you so far. I think a lot of this dating stuff, like, it's a lot of ego. You know, like what you just said, Mm -hmm. that girls have an attitude. It's ego. It's a lot of like, oh, as you should. I deserve that. It's like, okay. (laughs) You can still soften and, like, tell him, like, that it was really appreciated and that you really liked it. Yeah. Even with the Red Bull stuff, I think that's also sometimes can be quite hateful on both sides. I think I've got quite a balanced view on everything like I like a lot of things from the red pill I like a lot of things from feminism but I don't like a lot of things from either as well because I feel like just overall the reason I don't is because I feel like they're very hateful it's a lot of like men are trash women are trash and it's like if you keep you know disrespecting the other uh gender of sex people ride so fucking hard for me because I just say it you guys that's your thing is free speech there's there's a thing here called hate crime Oh my god. Have you heard of this girl called Sadia Psychology? Yeah, I love her. I, I love her. her. Yeah, she's genius. She's great. Her. Like, she's honestly, like, I think what I like about her as well, she's got quite a, you know, she treats men and women equally and case by case basis as well, which I really like. Yeah, she's not she's hateful. Yeah, yeah, she's really fair. Yeah. I, really I, I like what you said when you're like, I like things from both. That's what we're supposed to fucking do. But people get it so twisted and they're like, no, this is Bible. This is my new religion. It's like, listen, it is your job to maintain your critical thinking skills yeah. and use them and figure out like what that line is for you. Figure out what you believe in and like be able to listen to like opposing perspectives without getting so fucking triggered and like maybe listen and and keep your mind open and work through some of these ideas and see maybe what you like about it. Maybe what did trigger you if you did get triggered, mm. you know, so that you can work through it. Like, like a lot of people who get triggered on my stuff, it's like repressed stuff. But it's like, okay, well, why did it make you so mad? Like get deeper. I've had women literally DM me say, um, I, I saw this TikTok on medication. I unfollowed you. I, I've been following you for, this girl literally said this. I unfollowed you even though I've been following you for like over a year. It made me so angry. And then... I actually couldn't let it go and I was sitting with it and I realized that I needed to start like seeing if I can get off medications. She got off. She was like, oh. thank you so much. Like so much happier. Oh, and, wow. like, there th- yeah. Like there's a process to it, but a lot of people just like um, take it at face value and they're like, I'm angry mm. and you're a bad person. It's like, but it's very, it's like an infant, like um, 
adolescent perspective, like, I don't like what you said, like, you're mean, whatever. It's like, no, like, we are adults, we, it's okay to like, listen to new ideas and ask ourselves how we feel about them. And explore like our inner world. I oh, love Piers Morgan. I actually yeah. love him. I think he's great. I think a lot of stuff yeah. I don't agree with a lot of stuff I do. Yeah. But it doesn't mean I have to hate him just because I disagree with some things he says. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's very healthy and rational. <laughs> I've changed a lot, right? I used to be very liberal in New York. Like, I I did a complete 180, basically. Yeah. But, like, I still have almost all of the friends that I had back then because, like, they're open-minded and they like, mm. love me enough to have these, like, you know, discussions. And it's not so, like, oh, you're changed now. You don't believe in feminists. feminism. I'm a huge feminist. And so we can't. Yeah. Like, even even if they think that's differently than you can still, like, hold you as a person. Yeah, <laughs> like, of course. No, Just because you've got a different opinion doesn't mean you should hate the person. And, you know, the whole pick-me-girl thing. What do you think about that? You probably get called a pick-me-girl all the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think feminism is not about choice. I feel like they say that it's about choice. It's really not. Men who choose to be stay-at-home moms or even stay-at-home wives get reamed in that comment section. TikTok is a very powerful tool for seeing, like, um, like public sentiment, like how people are feeling, like you know, consumer insights basically. Mm. And whenever I look at comment sections of like stay-at-home, whatever, wifeys or girlfriends or moms or whatever it's just a bunch of like feminists saying like you're setting women back and this and that really um, oh my god absolutely like maybe i feel like it's been shifting now for at least the past year year and a half like i was kind of early on the wave and it's certainly like a lot bigger of a wave now Mm. but um yeah you look at any any woman who's being taken care of by a man and you'll get a lot of women being like i don't you know like you're setting women back like lazy like all this stuff like so i don't oh, think to be far i have seen about, that actually yeah yeah I've i don't seen think that. that it's about choice it's only about choice when you're choosing to do what the institution wants you to do which is to work and try to be like a man and make the government more money in my opinion and i think the pick me comments come from that perspective of like if you are a woman and you're choosing to embrace your natural feminine energy like you're somehow a pick me or if you're calling out a very toxic institution that i think does a lot of harm to women like feminism like i'm a pick me like i'm not doing this to like look good to men in fact if you watch any of my content i call men out almost equally as mm. i call women out um, like sardia psychology she does the same doesn't yeah. She? yeah 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 i think we're she's just fucking brilliant like, I, I love really her i actually love her, about her. Yeah, yeah she's great it's just a measured approach you, you know I'm always for my team. Like I love women, and I, I, always I love women. Do. Yeah, I always want us to like win and be the best, most powerful versions of ourselves. But I also want that for men because I think yeah. that men being in their power, like that's what I like as a woman. I want more masculine men with high testosterone and mm. whatever. So, um, so yeah, that's the pick me comments. I get them a lot. I get a lot of really interesting comments. <laughs> I think there's a big misconception of people like you who don't identify as a feminist that you hate women, but you don't. You love them. I love them. I think feminism hates women. Feminism strips them away of all of our natural gifts. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're not just baby makers, blah, blah, blah. Like, we don't need men. Like, fuck. Like, I want them. I love men. Like, I, it's very healthy for men and women to have, like, healthy, harmonious relationships. Like, mm-hmm. I think feminism taught me, like, I could do anything a man can do. Like, men are, you know, having casual relations. Like, I can too. And I thought What do you think of that? What do you think of casual relationships? I think it's horrific. I think it's think? setting women up for, well, generally, yes. I think when we're talking about hookup culture and the way that many women are engaging in these relationships, mm. absolutely. I believe it's a trauma to the body. I believe it's very dissociated. I believe it's, um, you're probably acting out 
trauma that you have somewhere either repressed or not like i think mm. that it's very unhealthy i think women when we sleep with men we release oxytocin this is a bonding hormone and when you're bonding with a man and he's leaving over and over and over and over again you're literally setting yourself up for abandonment trauma over and over and over again is that like, why we get attached women yes. get attached when literally yes the system is rigged <laughs> like it's not yeah and so i think when women are on medication certainly when i was on medication i didn't feel that and so i thought that i could do that but once i got off it was like holy fuck like you feel it and it's not healthy it's not what women need women granted i will say that i do think that there is like um a space for a very conscious intentional relationship that's thinking more of like a lover situation versus mm. like you know like I think that it's kind of possible but it's still not perfect because even then you're still like having to grapple with these attachments and like hormones in a way that men don't mm. you know so I don't want to be so I get some comments saying oh what are you a proponent for purity culture like no I'm not but I think most women are not informed about our the process that our body takes when we are engaging in, in any sexual activity even if you're not sleeping mm -hmm. with that if you're getting like aroused and like worked up even a guy ladies listening if a guy is like on your like nip or whatever literally our bodies are wired to release oxytocin so that we bond with our infant children okay so no that, like, way yeah. So when a man is doing that, you're it's like extra on overdrive and you like bond with him more. So if you're trying to like oh walk in and maybe not get attached, just that's included in it. There's like, oh like little things that it's important to know so that you can operate in a way that's like healthy for yourself and not harming yourself, you know? Yeah. So oh yeah. my god. Really strongly. But women don't like be saying that because they're like, oh, um, like slut shaming and all this stuff and i'm like i i've like been there like i'm not i'm not judging anyone i'm just trying to inform women of really what it is because we're again the rhetoric is we can do anything a man can do like yes you can and that you should or that it's healthy or that it's going to have positive long-term consequences for you not to mention did you know that 40 percent 40 percent of babies born today are born to single mothers that is fucking insane. So you have, yes, the small attachment thing, but the bigger picture is that you could get knocked up by a man that's not your husband, by a man that you did not vet for like husband material. So maybe he's not a good father and now you're a single ass mom, which is not ideal. It's not the ideal situation for a kid. Yes, women do it and they can do it very well or to the best of their abilities, but this is not setting your kid up for like the best possible situation. Some people would say that's the man's fault though. No, it's a good point, but who picks the men? Like we pick the men. We're doing a shitty job of picking men because we're financially independent today. So we don't like necessarily need to vet for that. Like we, we just do it based on how men make us feel. And a lot of guys have good game. They'll say what we want to hear and da da da. It is not a proper vetting for a good life partner and a good father for your children. Like mm. that's where women have it wrong. Like a lot of women are blaming men. Like it is, it is so cringy to me. I see all these horrific dating stories of women just embarrassing themselves saying, Oh, he did this and this. I mean, this is how he treated me. It's like, bitch, you picked him first of all. And B, you allowed it. Like it's not that all men are trash. It's that you're doing a shitty job of picking them. Granted, I do think that there has been a decrease in quality of both men and women, <laughs> but you learn strategy, you learn game, you learn like what is okay and what's not okay. And then you act accordingly and you have boundaries up so that you're not in these really awful positions where you're sleeping with men and they're ghosting. I had I saw a girl literally make a TikTok to the, I'm cringing right now. She was like, 
I just asked him before we slept together that if you're gonna ghost, at least just tell me. I'm like, bitch. What, what does that mean? What? It means like she's gotten ghosted so many times by men that she was begging guys just oh, not to ghost her. I'm like, this is so dark. Like there's no accountability on the part of like people who are dating and complaining about their results, like uh, like personal accountability. Like if mm-hmm. you're getting bad results in dating, like stop blaming men, stop blaming everyone else and like look at yourself, look at the kind yeah. of person that you're showing up as and look at your fucking strategy. Like that's you uh, having the ability to change. You can only control yourself. So because you're doing that, now you're going to be able to choose better partners because you're like, this is on me. Mm. It's on me alone. And so like now you're going to, you're in control versus if, if it's his fault, you're not in control of that situation. So then everything's yeah. against you and you're just like, life's happening to you. And That's true. Yeah. What would you recommend a girl for the first step to find, like you said, to, to pick better basically in a man? The first step? Um if they find that they're attracting the same kind of, you know, toxic guys or bad relationships, bad experiences? It's a good question. And I think I'm a little bit biased. Mm -hmm. So I'll just say that, but I see a lot of women like going to therapy and, you know, working on their mental health or whatever. And yes, that can be very important. Like, for example, if you have a fraught relationship with your father, then you really want to work through that. Yes. But a lot of times, and this might be controversial, I think it's like a context issue. Like a lot of the girls that I work with that have really bad dating histories, it's because they don't have context of what it actually means to be treated well, or like they've never dated a good one mm-hmm. because they're not attracted to them because they're in their own toxicity. That That's all they know. So I'm a big proponent of like gaming yourself up, learning a little bit of strategy, like expanding your context of what you like think is possible. This is why I love Michelle Diaz. She really She's shows. amazing. We, we love, love you, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> She's great, but, honestly. But like giving you context, giving you yeah. game, giving you like this versus that. Like it's education. For like sure. a lot of it is education. Like, yes, healing is important, but like there's no therapist that ever. In fact, I was seeing a therapist that literally I was seeing during the, the worst guy that I've ever dated. He was literally a psychopath, like not my finest moment. He did a lot of damage. <laughs> and my therapist was like, just go with it. Like, I know it's moving fast, but like, ride the train the worst fucking advice is man why did you say that it was a man he actually helped me a lot in my life but just when it came to dating like he he's not a psychopath so he didn't know about okay. psychopaths but like if i was working with a dating coach for example like i've coached women in dating i would have been like that's a flag 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 like because it's you have more context for like that specific dynamic like the world of dating is its own beast i gotta say and i don't actually think it's natural like back in the day women used to have like suitors come to them or go through their father or brother or whatever and like by the time the guy got to the woman like the whole family was involved so he was on his best behavior like there was like minimal trauma Mm. (laughs) like now we're just out here on our own having to navigate our own emotional like you know it's just a lot and like you need to know how to do it effectively like stay in your objectivity like you know, not build up the intensity too fast. Like there's yeah. a lot of little things to like learn. And I think that the more you learn um, earlier on, the less traumatic of a time you're going to have. Yeah, I think- time you're going to waste, you know. Yeah. I think also when you said earlier about how women are becoming more masculine, I think men are, because of that, men are also becoming more feminine. So now men don't want to chase women anymore. Like even yeah. if you look at, I don't know, I've always thought about this. I was like, even if you look at like nature, I don't know if you guys in America, do you know who David Attenborough is? 
I've heard of him. So he's like basically just like a UK icon. Like he does like okay. nature, that kind of stuff. So in okay. all of his documentaries, every single one, all animal species, it's always men competing with each other. I say men, like the male animals competing mm-hmm. with each other for the women's attention. Like she's just sat there watching them, whether they're doing like a little dance or whatever it is. And then yeah. she chooses... Yeah, And I think Michelle's really big on this as well, Michelle Diaz. She's always like, you know, she's got her roster of men and she picks the best one for her. And I think we've lost that. Now men are a bit like, I'm not chasing a woman, I'm not chasing a woman. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Even back when you look at Disney movies and you have these women pining over men and like, oh, my God, one day my prince will come. It's like conditioned us to, but it's very, it's very unnatural. Um, Mm. And yes men don't chase anyone but there's certain things that you can do like sinking into your feminine energy and strategy and whatever to incite that you know mm. and and like sitting back more instead of like a lot of girls are moving the needle their, themselves and then you get very passive men and men who like are kind of indifferent to them but yeah there's a way to hack it i mean we're we're still humans at the end of the day i know society has like took this you know hard left turn for the worst in, mm. in some ways but we're still animals and there is like ways to um hack the system so to speak. yeah it's, like different you know different strategy that you need today but definitely i think it's also people. self-love and knowing your worth i think I a lot of people know. think self-love is just you know accepting how you look you know being happy in your body being happy with your face whatever it is but it's so much deeper than that and that's what I learned in my last relationship it's about knowing your worth and what you will and will not put up with and being strong with your boundaries I think that's something I'm still working on at the moment is my boundaries yeah that's something I'm quite bad at like I sometimes feel like I'll say no but I feel extremely guilty or like Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean I'm always putting other people before me yeah that's really, and because yeah. of that, it can start kind of not attract, but like when it comes, I don't know, like I'm that's seen as too nice. And yeah. I used to think that's a compliment. I'd be like, oh my God, no. Grima, you're so nice. You're so nice. It's not a compliment. Now I look no. back and I'm like, no, that is that the only, like being nice, Morgan has got me nowhere, genuinely got me nowhere. Whether it's with, you know, people don't respect me, you know, with men, they'll like not treat me, whatever it is. Being that's nice true. gets you nowhere. Uh- <laughs> Well, I'm like creating an entire program, like deprogramming the the, the nice girl because really? of that. It's like, oh, absolutely. Uh, you're not alone. Most of the girls that I work with are like nice girls. Um, yeah. And it is a boundary issue. You're like spot on with that. And it will get you killed. Okay? Not, I don't want to, I'm not trying to fear monger. Predators, predatory men, bad yeah. men literally test women. There's one guy who I think was like a serial rapist or killer. He would go into grocery stores and he would intentionally bump into women. And the women who apologized to him were great targets. And even like, you know, psychopaths or narcissists, like there's little things that they do early on in dating that if you're mm-hmm. not gamed up and if you don't have strong boundaries and a strong sense of self-love, as you said, they will get in and they will fuck you up. And you will spe- like, oh my God, this one client that I had, like she was with this guy for four years and he literally had to die for him, her to get out of that relationship. Like it, it is so horrific what your life can turn into when you get in, entrenched with like bad people. Oh um, gosh. even bosses, like whatever. I'm not, again, I'm not, not trying to fear monger. I'm just illustrating like the extreme cases of mm. like being too nice and not having boundaries. And a lot of the work that I do with women, I had a whole death and rebirth, um, workshop that I did. And we did really powerful. We've done like powerful, uh, no embodiments like again when you incorporate the body into um into boundary work or any work like it's 
the body is the physical manifestation of the subconscious mind. So it mm. like triggers all these subconscious processes. I've had women like break down, cry during these because all of the times they didn't say no or they couldn't or they wanted to or like this, even relationship to your no mm. is so foreign to us, you know? So it's the most important work that um, you can, some of the most, I think self-esteem work is huge, but boundaries are a big part of that. 100%. And, um, yeah, it's crucial, especially for young girls. Like we're really conditioned to be, like nice and it's bullshit it literally is bullshit it's like not attractive it's not going to get you anywhere it's like so other people can have their way with you and it's like fuck that one of my main traits i'd say is i'm very kind but i think i've learned that being kind doesn't like having boundary doesn't mean you can't not be kind you can still be a kind person you know what i mean so that's the one thing i would be like but i'm not going to be kind anymore like that's really how that's not in my nature that's just not the case you can still be sometimes being kind is being a bitch sometimes being kind is that's true because you're protecting yourself you're being kind to yourself well yes but also like you're not enabling shitty behavior or like you're keeping it real like being nice is is a tool that we've built for public acceptance so that we're well liked it's a manipulation Mm. it's not real and yeah a lot of times it's betraying yourself you're having them Mm. have what they want but you're betraying yourself in the process so um yeah it it's a muscle i will say like a lot of girls who are just trying to work on their self-esteem or their boundaries it's like very uncomfortable but like i teach women to do it in a really like methodical way so like you don't go to the gym and get yoked overnight you know it takes going and repeating um that muscle so like you know maybe you start saying no with your close friends or with people that are trusted and then you know by the time it gets to men now i'm the most comfortable with my boundaries with men amazing when you don't have boundaries what happens is over time you know, you're constantly like, no, it's okay, it's fine, whatever boundary it is. Over time, you will build up a sense of resentment either towards yourself or towards the other person, or the other person will build up that resentment towards you because they're like, are you really like, you're really never going to say, like, I literally don't, can't respect you, like you never, you really will put up with this. So either way, it will have that resentment because you'll be angry with yourself because like, why can't you say no? And then towards that person because you don't actually like their behavior, but you're putting up with it because you feel mean saying no. And then again, yeah. from that person. So it's, just, and then it, it creates drama because at one point it will break or something will happen or, you know, you might kick off at one point. And so I just think it's good to have that at the start because then it's just healthy throughout. You know what 100%. you will and will not tolerate. Yeah, you just nailed it. Like I've had, I've, I lost a friendship because of that. Yeah, you know, like it's too. real, and and yeah, the faster you learn that, and the faster you learn how to implement the boundaries for those future relationships, um, the better. And yeah, less drama. Like you're safe and you're in alignment with what your needs authentically are, and everyone wins. Like I think it also protects your yeah. femininity, oh, having boundaries. Yeah, there was a study that came out that showed that the egg actually like chooses kind of which sperm enters her or something. I don't know. Really? I don't want to like, yeah. That's like, so that. cool. Yeah, but it's boundaries. It's like, yeah, you know, true. which, which one's going to come in. So it's, boundaries are very feminine. I've actually had a mentor once tell me that a man's favorite part of a woman is her boundaries. Like men really? love video games. They love rules, what they can and can't do. Like they love figuring us out, you know, like they love the chase. I've read that in uh, why men love bitches. Yeah, but like we're all different. We all have different needs and different boundaries. So part of the fun is like learning where they are. Yeah. Like once you learn that men actually get off on you being more mean to them <laughs> or having more boundaries, like then the game gets a lot better and easier. You also need it. Like guys today, oh my God, the stronger the boundaries, the better. Like seriously. <laughs>
you're like a goddess like i literally look at you look up to you so much watching you like you're like about to like have this massive glow up in your face you look so beautiful thank you you're gorgeous (laughs) honestly i just want to say thank you so much for just all the content you've put online like you know obviously um it's going to be divisive some people might not agree with you some people might but I think you personally have helped me so much especially over the past year on learning to love myself and learning to have you know boundaries and relationships and you know understanding your worth and not trusting everything but yeah honestly I just want to say thank you so much for your time as well thank you for I am someone who needs like that feedback so just even hearing you say all these amazing things thank you so much for having me on and that you're like you need it like it just reminds me I work with people I know that it's like needed I just like I get into my own little like other routines and so I'm gonna put more don't let the haters get in the way you know everyone can have different opinions it doesn't matter you know just try and tolerate other opinions even if you don't agree like it's not I don't think anything you're saying is like extremely hateful at all it's just your experience you're talking about something things that you've been through which is basically what this podcast is about like I've had people on here um you know with views I don't agree with views I do agree with but I never hate them at the end for it like we literally you know we'll end the call just like being chatting I can literally meet up with them or whatever it is I think it's important to just as long as it's not like extremely like bullying hateful that kind of thing yeah. it's absolutely fine to have different opinions all my yeah. friends and me we disagree on so many different things but we're still great friends I don't hate them yeah, at all it's more interesting relationships like yeah. what do you I don't like an echo chamber like you know it's partially why I do like TikTok I mean the comments are crazy and like I, I have a pretty thick skin but I think after a while like it was just like I just didn't want to read them every single day yeah. but um but I like them because it's, you know, and I've had so many girls even who follow me, they're like, hey, I don't agree with everything you say. I have like some lesbians who follow me. They're like, I don't care yeah. about your dating advice, but like, you know, your other opinions about this, this, and this, you know, like, so it's, yeah. it's healthy to have differing perspectives. I was going to ask you, sorry, I forgot to ask, how yeah. do you sort of protect your mental health when you're, because you get quite a lot of hate comments here and there. Yeah. So how do you protect your mental health with that? Is that hard? It must be. I know you say um, you've got thick skin and you're like a strong woman and all of that, but sometimes it might get to you. Yeah, you're so sweet. Um, I think the hardest comments are from like women, I think, who think that I hate them or who are accusing me of hating women. Like those are the ones that hurt the most. Like literally my entire fucking platform is like for women and to be in the love I wish I had. Yeah, like um, so just people, people getting my intentions wrong hurts. Um I think but I don't know I honestly I stopped reading a lot of comments I stopped like um I think it did me well in the beginning because it helped me kind of scale and I would respond and be kind of snarky and but now I'm just like I don't need to do that and um I just protect my peace by not reading them I also have a girl that works with me sometimes if if a comment's going I had one video go extremely viral like in 2021 about like my dating standard (laughs) Oh, I got right. onto like red pill TikTok and I had all of these guys just making like the most horrific like and I'm just like okay like, I, I'm aware of what this is but like do I want this to be in my consciousness every day no so like I have someone sometimes if it gets really crazy like go in and just call it yeah but, um yeah I mean look at the end of the day I know who I am like I know who I am I'm I had a nobody can compare to like my mother my mother trained me very well for like horrible comments on the internet um no it's it's like I know myself and so people can't really say anything that like um shakes up my like identity or like you know the kind of person I think I am it's just yeah like 
but it's still like so during that time I then I lost my iPhone for like a week after like a video went very viral and so it wasn't on TikTok I wasn't reading any comments mm-hmm. and I felt amazing and I was like oh okay like oh, this right. is the contrast of like you know what reading those comments does so yeah, yeah. if anyone's listening and they make content and or you're scared to like share your opinion you can really change people's lives I get incredible dms from the sweetest girls about just like life-changing things girls leaving relationships getting off meds like mm-hmm. all these amazing things that makes it all worth it but um yeah you just don't need to read the hate comments or just you know, I'm a big fan of deleting and blocking. Taking a break, I've taken a, a very long hiatus. I don't think I've been content since like December at this point. So. Mm. But yeah, yeah, because like from like talking to you, even before the podcast started and everything, like you don't hate anybody who has different opinions to you. Like you clearly no. said at the start, you said even with veganism, you know, work. You know, everybody's everybody's body is different and what might work for me might not work for you so if you want to be vegan absolutely go ahead like even with the feminism you're like fair enough like if you want to be a fe- feminism of course be a feminism uh, be a feminism be a feminist <laughs> yeah yeah um and even with um you know medication like i think you haven't said anything that is towards people it's t- you've literally just talked about your own experience yeah which is why though i think it's so um triggering because people can't say shit they're like oh you know you're not a real feminist or you weren't a real feminist or you weren't a real vegan it's like i literally was and these are my opinions and so it like it triggers our cognitive dissonance but yeah like i have again like, i have my best friend she's taking medication for her relationship like my i have another really good friend here who's um a vegan and she's been mm-hmm. vegan for a long time she's an a blood type i think a's tend to do better with like okay. those kinds of diets but um at the end of the day I am so averse to control and controlling anyone and being controlled I will never be controlled which is very uh very conflicting in my role as a coach because I'll coach them (laughs) like I'm like okay this this is up to you you know I'm not like telling them to do anything and it's like but um but yeah like if you want to do that and if you have all the information that you need and that's the direction you want to take your life like fine I'm not gonna like cut you out of my life yeah. of or like think that you're any whatever so no of course yeah. sorry this is my very last question That's very okay. last I don't want to I take you. Enjoy. <laughs> what is like the coolest story or something you've had with a client whether that's like, their transformation journey or maybe a story obviously not giving yeah. out their name or anything we'd like yeah so um I think the most successful client story I've had it's successful because it it touches personal life and business life. Um, I've had a couple like really like remarkable uh, transformations. But this one girl, I helped her with her dating strategy. She's the crypto finance girl. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, and helped her with her dating strategy. Within three or four months, ends up like meeting her soulmate. They got married, I think, within eight months. He does very well. They like live together on a beautiful little estate like and oh, had an so amazing nice. wedding yeah like it's just very happy like he adores her just like worships her like she's very happy um and very like settled and stable which was like you know different so that's just very uh positive but then i had really helped her blow up her brand so she was a crypto co-founder but had no brand uh behind her at all no website and um yeah i helped craft that and build that and now she's on like bloomberg and fortune and yeah like crypto i think some forbes 30 under 30 like just oh, totally wow. blew up her brand yeah amazing so, yeah it, people yeah. who trust me and who trust the vision like i you know if they i work really well with implementers like this was a girl she did the work i've, I've worked with other women who 
we'll meet and we'll meet and we'll meet for like six months and they're not implementing and so they're not seeing those results but like like so i can only take partial credit i will help you cast the vision i will help guide and direct but like you it's up to you to like actually do the work and this was a girl who like you know those people who just do i'm not one of those people i actually sit and i like <laughs> to think about things way longer but the people who like have a lot of fire in them and who just take really quick action will see like amazing results and she certainly like did the work i i can't deny her amazing that, so. so you're just yeah. kind of like you know you kind of, i mean that's what coaches you just sort of give them guidance and then it's up to them that's yeah, amazing 100%. that must be so fulfilling and rewarding it's so good. It's it's good when you work with someone who like trusts you and who implements and you can see the change in their life. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that is like, yeah, it gives me a raison d'etre, like a reason for being. That's so, amazing. That's yeah. That's so nice. Well, thank yeah. you so much <laughs> for so your time. <laughs> you, honestly, thank you so much for your time. Like it's been so amazing. And I think, yeah, I absolutely, I just, I love your energy. You have a really nice energy. Obviously you're beautiful, but you've got such a beautiful energy as well. You're so sweet. So do you. This is so, so good. I'm so glad you reached out. Um, it was such a pleasure. I know. I've, I've been pestering you. I'm so sorry. I've been so annoyed. No, I love it. I need it. Trust me. <laughs> it's not pestering at all. It's just my, I'm like traveling. I'm like all over the place. So I need it. Thank you. And um, you're a joy. You're so smart and pretty. And I'm just excited to see what comes from you. And Thank you. Um, yeah, I'll invite you to the Nice Goldie program when we watch. Yes, of course. I'm so excited. Yeah. Are we good? Yeah. <laughs> thank you i'll make sure to link you know absolutely everything is there anything you want specifically you want me to link in the description um you can find me at at the morgan may on instagram and tiktok or yeah. the morgan uh it's my website if you want to work with me yeah. okay i'll link absolutely everything yeah thank <laughs> okay. you so much so we just put the camera back on because we're talking about astrology so you're a gemini and i'm an aquarius yes. that's why we get along so well do you know what i mean all of my best friends so i'm a okay i'm a gemini but i have a scorpio moon so it's that air and water. All I'm not joking. Literally, all of my best friends, all of my favorite people, they are Aquarius Sun and what? either Pisces Moon or Pisces Rising. It's this like yeah, air my water. Yeah. Wait, what's your rising? I'm curious. My rising is Gemini. I forgot oh, to tell you. I can't believe I didn't tell you. Yeah, my rising is Gemini. Okay. Yeah. So air, air and water. Yeah. Love it. Love it. It's a good dynamic because the Pisces is like it's just a good compliment. It's like different and just yeah all of my and we're, we're also both a little detached but like very yeah. like heady and like thinking about things and sharing for ideas sure about. we do a lot of thinking a lot yes, we do. and I think we're really creative as well yeah so why embodiment is so important because we're so in our heads so coming back to our body helps to kind of balance that and mm. prevent anxiety or overthinking or like yeah being yeah. yeah wait what's your rising <laughs> Virgo Virgo. Virgo yeah. Oh my God. I actually love Virgos as well. I think that's a big misconception with like Geminis. Like yes, there's quite I a bad name. I love Geminis. Like I literally, I was telling like three of my best friends are Geminis. Okay. I have, I say that like people hate Geminis because like we've probably gotten bored of those people or like hurt them in some way because we're just like over it. But Aquarius, I never fucking get bored of. They're just like my <laughs> girls. Like, because you guys like kind of don't care. You guys are like cats. Like I, I have a thing with like very needy people, people who like mm. really need me and need my attention and like don't accept when I just like need to do my own thing. Yeah. So Aquarius, you guys are like that too. So like my college roommate, we're still like best friends and like she was an Aquarius. We would just like sit in silence together and just be together and like not have to do all, you know, like I've been with other people who like just need my attention yeah. or just like drain me and 100%. Aquarius energy is just so good. Oh, yeah. I like I used to think this because I was like I'm such an extrovert naturally but I've learned recently that I do love my own time now 
yeah like it's become over since like the past year like I really value my own time now it's crazy and I was like it's oh, because I'm reconnecting with, yeah I'm reconnecting yeah. my Aquarius yes yeah it's good, I feel like the only thing with Aquarius though, the only trait I don't think I have is stubbornness one or two of my friends are like you can be a little bit stubborn Karima but I'm like I do am I well you have double mutable you have Pisces and Gemini those are both mutable signs so they're like changing right I yeah. see but but uh I think the Aquarius yeah they're not terribly I, I mean I have I think the Taurus in my life are definitely stubborn and like really do you think? and Leo's yeah but Aquarius because really? it's still air you know air is like kind of Chill. a film, yeah, yeah no exactly moving so yeah it's a good energy that that makes so much sense though I can't even tell you I think I think it's like a total of like five or six of my like ride or die people are like Aquarius Pisces. really yeah. I barely meet Aquarius people like, my mom is an Aquarius to a T like she's literally everything of an Aquarius but other than my mom I don't really I barely meet Aquarius girls interesting so weird like, so I'm, like, I really want to that's also why I like you. you're so fucking smart and like, you, you just think? keep me interested yeah 100% it's the Aquarius but I also love fire energy because it's like exciting and it just yeah. keeps my interest you know like but, I think like, with Aquarius they're not meant to like Leos but I like Leos uh it's not that you're not meant to like you're actually opposite Leos on the right the thing so it's just it's like your compliment almost like Sages are like that for me. I'm actually good friends with Sages, but I hate dating them. Oh my god, I will never date them. Their egos are so fucking big, for the most part. I, but yeah, in my apparently, history. like people say that, like especially with the two sexes as well, different genders are different. Like I think I really like Aquarius women, but I don't like Aquarius men. Aquarius men are not to be trusted. <laughs> Gemini men too. Gemini men. Do you think this is what I was going to ask my friend? I was like, maybe a Gemini man man for me. No. Although I will say, I have a really good Gemini male friend. He is such a good man, but he's also fucking crazy. Okay. You know, he's not like a stable like. They're, okay, and it's so funny because I always say this, and when I met this one guy, he literally did this because I met him at like a dinner party. Gemini men are, are the kind of men who will like sit down at dinner. And they'll go to the buffet and they'll get, they'll choose everything that they want on their, t- mm. on their plate. Then they'll sit down and they'll look to the guy next to them and he'll be like, I want what they want. Like they're <laughs> never satisfied like where they are, which is. Right, I see. Maybe Libra would be nice. Libra or like see, a Leo. Yeah. yeah or Aries. Aries. I love Aries are my favorite. All That's time. the one thing I wanted to ask Aries you about Aries. Cause I don't you really thought? know much about them. They're very masculine. They're kind of competitive. It's, it's kind right. of like primal energy, like. Um, but they're very exciting like they're like adrenaline like yeah. I don't know I, I like the energy it's very like fast and, and like they're very infatuous like I kind of like that you know amazing so, maybe some fire oh. although with your Pisces it might be too much very do you fast. think yeah I do um, feel very deeply that's the most annoying part about me I'm just so for god's sake no, like everything I feel like things affect me quite a lot like yeah. my emotion gets really heightened so if I'm like really sad I'm like feel really depressed if I'm happy I'm like ecstatic which is why yeah. I started meditating that's good so it's like it kind of brings the water clarity the, yeah yeah yeah. Do that. yeah. Exactly. but I think maybe a Leo a Leo would be nice because they're more sensitive and yeah and I think they know their worth as well they're quite yeah. like free yeah I like them and they also know how to treat you Libra Leo's will like daddy energy for sure yeah, I oh, we love them they, they like take care of you they're very generous and big-hearted yeah okay good good oh i think we've literally got a minute don't we okay we should I'll, i'm gonna follow you on instagram and we'll oh yay and yeah thank you again so much for having thank me thank you so You're much such a, an angel wow. thank you yes. have a lovely day you too See bye you. bye